This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. So I'm here at the kombucha conference with Jake Ailes, who's the owner of the Photography Studio. Hi, Jake. How are you doing? Hey, Ian. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. Good. Well, I enjoyed your presentation yesterday. You did kind of a workshop at the at the first day of the conference uh, with a bunch of um, people in the kombucha business explaining your offerings and your background you, you're a chef and you came out of the food side of the world um, what is photography studio offering uh, today yeah so photography studio I like to think of it as a creative agency for food and beverage CPG brands uh, we do everything from creative strategy to production and execution to delivery and helping brands distribute and implement the content so they can have a strategic visual content campaign and strategy yeah, and the strategy you outlined, we don't want to go into all the details now, but you did a F-E-E-E-D, yeah. which stands for, I remember the, the facts was the first one, and tell me about the rest. Sure, yeah, so we call it the feed framework, which are the five ingredients that we like to include in all the content that we create, and it stands for facts, education, entertainment, excitement, and differentiation. And that's what the people in the workshop were sort of, brainstorming on what their uh, facts and excitement about their products are. You work on a program. I think you had a show special, but you you got a consultation program where you kind of work with brands to get that out. And then beyond that, it sounds like you do everything, well, photography. So you're, you're actually doing photo and video. Exactly. Yeah. So how we work with clients is we like to go through each of the ingredients of feed, dig out what each of those ingredients means for the specific brand and how we can tie it to their goals and challenges when the, as they're trying to grow and scale their brand. Uh, and then from there, we take those and use them in our, what we call our content tasting menu, which are seven, seven different types of content categories that we use to create a cohesive campaign to help brands reach their goals. And give me some examples of what today's world would that campaign be. I presume you're talking online, you're talking video, audio, images, text. Exactly, yeah. So uh, for us specifically, we're, we're mostly focused on visual content, so that's photos and videos. Um, so we like to start with a brand's story, a brand story video or promo video of sorts, uh, as well as combining that with lifestyle content, tutorials, educational components and product videos and stills as well mm -hmm. and then we like to throw in some user generated content and direct them all towards specific pain points that the brand is solving for their target audience mm -hmm. and what are you seeing in video i mean at a very high level i've heard you know with the advent of the internet and now you've got everything from uh, reels and, and mm -hmm. tiktok is it is it more and more short form that's grabbing uh, the attention of the consumers yeah, short form is definitely a key component of it. Uh, we also like to focus on longer form content that can, longer form content from which we can take pieces and create the shorter form content from that so that it, rather than kind of just spraying and praying a bunch of different types of content and frequently just putting out content that doesn't necessarily resonate with each other and oftentimes ends up confusing an audience, we like to start with a, a more of like an umbrella of content that we can take to create multiple different buckets of. So it would be a longer form. And when we say long form, we mean like 60 seconds. Oh. 
and then sometimes up to two minutes, and then taking that and creating like 10 to 15 second short form content from that for social media or TikTok or all those fun things. Right. Yeah. And do you help with, I know one of the mysteries for some brands and individuals like me is how do you measure the impact of that? Do you, do you recommend any kind of above and beyond just likes? I mean, any measurement tools or measurement strategies? Sure. Yeah. Let's see. What can I recommend? Um, you know, the way we measure it more is in terms of how is a brand bottom line actually growing? Oh, yeah. It's not just necessarily the likes on Facebook or on Instagram because those don't necessarily translate into sales. Right. How is your brand actually engaging with you? Are you getting more visits to your website? Are you getting more sales? Are you entering right. more stores? That's kind of a thing we like to focus on is how do we help brands get into more retail stores? Sometimes it's how do we help brands get funding or investment into their company. Yeah. Uh, so that's really how more so we measure our impact right. rather than just on likes right. and, and comments. Now, I haven't been at the sophistication of the level you're talking about where I'm an observer of the world of the kombucha. Uh, primarily, if I look at Instagram, for the past four or five years, I've actually done some reports on Booch News where I've done, and I, I see a classic, not just from kombucha, many beverages, I call it the kombucha selfie, where somebody's got a bottle in their hand right. and they take a picture of it or they put the bottle by the beach or in mm. the snow or on a tree. or And it seems that I see a lot of product-focused images like that, which I'm not sure how differentiated they are. What I like to see is like consumers, you know, the, the average Joe or Jill, uh, diversity of people who are in the environment which right. you see in tap rooms and things do you have any insights on on how people maybe need to balance between just images of their products to to people using them absolutely yeah i mean product images i think are important to have especially for your website and you know things like that and so people can then have brand recognition of your product right. uh but really kind of what you're talking about I would call lifestyle content. Mm. Um, some people might call it, you know, a type of lifestyle content can be user-generated content that's very popular with, like, influencer marketing, mm. or it's more produced lifestyle content um, in someone's store or a tasting room, for instance, mm-hmm. where, to us, that really helps the consumer imagine themselves using the product so they can see themselves with the product rather than just seeing a picture of it. It's just it's a picture of it. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're showcasing people interacting with the product using the product in their lifestyle in a way that your audience is in a similar lifestyle and they can imagine that product coming into their lifestyle it just puts that product in the consumer's brain and sphere of influence so that they can see themselves using it and buying it right and the other thing that is pretty obvious i mean a number of the presenters and the vendors here today are associated with the craft beer industry i've always thought of craft beer as the big brother big sister big sibling of the kombucha industry because it's been around longer it's 10 times the size um would there be an overlap in your world between beverages like craft beer kombucha do you see kombucha being distinct i think i i raised a question when you're in your workshop about should kombucha brands be differentiating from each other or should they be differentiating from sugary sodas and what's your thoughts on beer right or beer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well there is hard kombucha exactly um yeah so i would say it's a little bit of both and it depends on the market that you're in and the audience you're going after if you're going after an audience that's already familiar with kombucha maybe they already have a kombucha brand they already are loyal to Mm -hmm. so how do you 
get them to become a fan of your brand. Um, and that's that's by focusing on what sets your brand different. It's not, you know, the ingredients might be part of it, but what is the story around those ingredients that's unique to your brand right. versus another brand? Um, or if you're targeting people who may not be familiar with kombucha, I would suggest leaning into more of an educational aspect combined with entertainment and some mm-hmm. excitement. You don't want to just... Not you don't want to go to school to learn about kombucha. Right. Um, but it's educating an audience that may not be familiar with this category of product in kombucha on what are the benefits of kombucha to beer. Like, why would somebody, you know, maybe you have a, a wheat allergy or, or a gluten allergy, but you still want something with a little bit of alcohol in it mm-hmm. that still tastes good, or you're a fan of sour beers. Mm-hmm. Um, just for some quick examples, but how can you educate people who aren't familiar with what kombucha is? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it sounds great. So if people want to get in touch with you, find out more, uh, presumably you have a website. We want to spell that out for people. Absolutely, yeah. So our website is foodography.studio, which is food, F-O-O-D-tography, T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y, studio. Dot studio. Dot studio. Dot com. Okay. Correct, yeah. So foodography.studio is our website. Um, and you can reach me directly at jake, J-A-K-E, at foodography.studio. Great. Well, thanks for talking to us. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.